We are back with another episode of Steelers Crazy. I'm JY. This is Michael Nicastro, and it is officially mock draft season. Who are the Pittsburgh Steelers going to take? Sammy, let's get on the clock. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Steelers Crazy. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's gonna be sick. Yo, yo. Hey, man. Hey, so I want to talk about, before we get into mock draft, kind of, I think it's been since like 7th or 8th grade, you know, we were watching the Steelers win Super Bowl XL uh, and sending the bus off into the retirement. Uh, You've been doing mock drafts for that long, so if anyone is a mock draft guru, it is this guy, and even if I didn't know him from a can of paint, I would still say that he is the one and only Michael Nicastro, mock draft guru. Welcome to the show. Wow, that is a introduction that I am unworthy of. First of all, I just noticed how big my microphone looks in this shot. It's <laughs> creeped me out <laughs> a little bit. But anyway, it's a good thing that I actually have a microphone today. So I think we'll take some of the good with the bad. But yeah, I think it was a healthy addiction back in uh, middle school and high school for sure. Even though I skipped a lot of homework assignments and a lot of really important school-related things to fill out mock drafts with. I remember the Ronnie Brown year and the Jay Cutler year uh, and, and you know, f- doing mock drafts back in, like, 2007. I think I nailed Ben Roethlisberger and Ricardo Coakley to the Steelers uh, in the same mock draft. Back. Wow. Yeah, Ricardo man. Ricardo Coakley. 2004. So that was, like, what I hang my hat on for a long time. Uh, and then the last couple of years, obviously, with the inception of Yinzer Crazy, this podcast, I've done well to a degree as mm-hmm. uh, as well. So I don't want to jinx that. I did not land Kenny Pickett last year, but the year I don't before think I, anyone I hit did. on, yeah, some, but definitely not a lot. The year before I hit on Najee Harris, a lot of people definitely did. And then the year before, I actually nailed Chase Claypool uh, wow. in the second round as the Steelers' first pick. So um, I have receipts, bro. I got receipts. There you go. That's all you need. So um, how do you want to do this? Do we have do we have the graphics, Sammy, that, that we're bringing up? Or are we just going to go pick by pick? How, you, how are we going to do this? Let's go pick and then graphic, maybe. So it can be a little bit of a drum okay. roll, like you said. All right. Well, with the, with the 17th pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select. Where's that drum roll? Really make people nervous out there. <laughs> yeah. They select... Deontay Banks, cornerback uh. from Maryland. He's a terp. He's a terrapin, as Scott Van Pelt would say. Look at that. That is a sick graphic. Wow. Uh, he's a sick jacked. player. Holy crap. He's, he's jacked. He's mean. He's lean. You know, he plays with tenacity and an edge that you want as a Pittsburgh Steeler and obviously a guy who's going to be guarding the likes of Jamar Chase, you know, potentially T. Higgins, Amari Cooper out there on the outside. This is a bit of a surprise, I wrote down, because I had Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama, available in my mock draft, who a lot of people are penciling in right now after the loss of Terrell Edmonds, after the loss of Cam Sutton, because he kind of fills a little bit of both of those roles as he plays in the slot and in the box safety. But 
Deontay Banks is just a better player. And I went back and I watched some tape on Banks versus Ohio State and Michigan, and he popped. I, I was like, damn, I didn't expect this guy to be this good. I just didn't. You know, he had some some vibes around him that he was this combine freak standout that really propelled him into the first round based on his combine numbers. But his tape said first round to me, and I feel like his combine numbers just solidified that. So he had really good games against Ohio State and Michigan. And Brian Branch didn't have great games against Tennessee in Texas this past season. So I think Brian Branch fits a bigger need probably, but Deontay Banks is the better player with bigger upside. He is an outside corner, which ultimately, obviously, the Steelers are going to need help in the secondary all around. Kind of can learn behind Patrick Peterson there. He's bigger. You know, he's over six foot. He ran a 4.3540 at the combine, tested in the 99th percentile RAS score. Uh, that's relative athletic score. So the 99th percentile in terms of cornerbacks that come out in the NFL draft uh, and their athleticism. So this is a bit of a surprise. And I want to mention two things as well, Jordan, before I kick it back to you. I ran through every pick. Oh, I thought you were going to say you ran the 40. Yeah, right. I'd probably run a, a 7-3-0. I don't do much cardio anymore. I was just getting into the fact that I don't just pick these names out of a hat. For me, I go 1-16. through 16, and I had Broderick Jones, a tackle from Georgia, gone. And Joey Porter Jr., the pick before the Steelers, at pick 16, gone as well. Both of those, I think the Steelers will have ranked higher than Banks. But in this exercise, Banks is the guy. With that what do you think? Corner round one. Yeah, I do. But what I wanted to ask you is, if Joey Porter Jr. is available, do, would you would you still take Banks over over Porter? I, that's a really good question. I think the Steelers would have a really fiery debate in their war room because I think Banks showed more both on tape and at the combine, but Porter probably has a higher ceiling. Yeah. Uh, he has and the connection with his long dad. arms and the connection yeah. with the Steelers. I'll say this. I would take banks based on what i watched but i think the steelers would take porter good question wow Wow. i will say with 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 my pick at 17 i'm i'm an offensive lineman guy peter skaronsky uh northwestern if he's available but i I honestly think the dude is a is a top 10 pick um i i literally we we met him at the combine and the dude's calf muscles were like as big as my biceps so uh (laughs) he's definitely uh Definitely going to be a problem in in the league. Um, definitely would be great for him to protect Kenny Pickett. But again, um, you never know. I think a lot of this draft this year is there's so many good QBs that that's what's going to shake up whatever the QBs. I mean, you already seen a trade, you know, for the number one overall pick. I mean, things things can get crazy. You never know what's going on in the war rooms, like you said. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, this is, it's, it's crazy. The, the NFL off season has just been so, I don't know now it's because we, you know, we're, it's like our job, like to follow it and stuff now. And it, we're more like in tune to it, but it, it's just been, it's like, there's so much like, like we were talking to Anella and Sammy off air. It's it, the, the NFL never, there is no off season in the NFL. It's constant, constant. And then before you know it, OTAs preseason and then boom, week one, uh, we'll be waving the terrible towels. All right, 
So with pick number 32, the Pittsburgh Steelers select. Not an offensive lineman. Oh, and I'm going to get my head absolutely he ripped off because <laughs> people are going to tweet me and say, no offensive lineman in the first round? Are you kidding me? But the fact of the matter is they have two picks, right? In the I, I say first round because pick 32 yeah. to me is a first round pick. It's always been that, even though it's the first pick of the second round. No matter what two players you put in that position, people are going to say, oh my gosh, you left out a corner or you left out a defensive lineman? Yeah. Right, They still have picked 49, so they can fill their top three needs in those three picks. This is another pick for me where I took value over need. Okay, I think the best player on the board at that point for the Steelers, offensive lineman I had was Anton Harrison, good player. But I had Dewan Jones going to the Bengals. I actually consider him at 17. And I had uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee going in the early 20s. So I think both of those guys might flip the script a little bit in terms of who they would take. But the Steelers love Monty Smith. They addressed the offensive line this se- this offseason a uh, bit more significantly than they invested in the D-line in terms of Samalo, talk Nate Herbig. Defensive line, you know, you just brought back Larry Ogunjobi. You have an aging Cam Hayward. Uh, you have DeMarvin Leal, who I think they are still pretty high on and want to get some reps. But you need to take some pressure off of Cam, some snaps away from Ogunjobi as well. Monty yeah. Smith is a beast. Mike Tomlin had two meetings with him. Two. It shows you how much he likes him. He could play on the outside in a 3-4, 5-tech, 3-tech, also some nose. Versatile, mean. His tape flashed as well. So the Steelers go defense, back-to-back picks. Banks, Smith, 17-32 and 32 right now in mock 2.0. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that was a surprise at number 32 because there's still people that think that we're going to, you know, if Jordan Addison falls that low, that they're going to take it. But there is another. We'll, we'll get to, to that pick, uh, pick number Maybe 80. a Michigan man taking over for a Michigan man. Our guy, yeah. Chris Warmley, who knows what's going to happen to him yet? Yeah. He remains unsigned. I really coming off on him. serious knee injury. But a Michigan man, of course, we talk so much Michigan ball with – him on the Chris Wormley and Friends show these past yeah. couple of years. Who knows? Maybe the the Monty Smith show. Not that we're kicking our guy Worm to the side, but at the very least, have some Michigan roots on the Steelers still. Definitely. Um, with pick number 49, the Pittsburgh Steelers select. There's that offensive lineman. You knew we were going to get there eventually. Blake Freeland. Wow. Tackle. BYU. I think guard is off the board after the signings of Samalu uh, and, of course, a couple swing guys as well in there. Blake Freeland. All right, here's here's the theme for the Pittsburgh Steelers so far this offseason when signing offensive linemen. You got to be over six foot. You got to be over 300 pounds. Samalu, 6'4", 305. Herbig, 6'4", 335. LaRaven Clark, 6'5", 320. Blake Freeland, 6'8", 305. Five. He can dunk a basketball without even jumping. Yeah. He is enormous presence. He fits the mold. He's kind of like Dewan Jones in the fact that he's just he stands out because of how damn big he is. Four year starter, captain at BYU. I think he can come in right away and start on the Steelers' offensive line, push Dan Moore to the bench or Chooks, make them obviously more valuable as well. He tested incredibly well. I think the only question for the Steelers is will he drop to pick forty nine? Uh, I think he's maybe somebody that put himself in the conversation for earlier second round. 
Yeah, definitely. So the next pick that we have, the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 80. So this guy, I actually talked to him uh, at the Combine. Yeah, you did. Uh, somewhat of a local guy, I guess you can say. Um, so, yeah, just just go. I didn't. I, I just wanted to tease it just a little bit. But yeah, he he was he very very well spoken. And I, I went back after that when I was sitting at the hotel waiting to go eat steak and everything else and pasta with Sammy. Um, I, I watched his highlight tape and I was like, dude, I'm like, I know that, that he's a, uh, just go, I don't want to give it too much away, but th- this dude can ball. So, so go ahead with, with pick number eight, who are the Pittsburgh Steelers selecting? Yeah. The Steelers did not get Joey Porter jr. In the first round, but they get a Nittany lion here. Wide receiver Parker Washington. And before I continue, tell me about that conversation you had with him at the senior bowl. He was receptive to playing for the Steelers, right? Yeah. I mean, he basically was like, I, you know, I played football in Pennsylvania and, you know, I know the, the rich history and what it means to be this, to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if, you know, Kenny Pickett seems to have like a connection with Muth. So why not another Penn state guy? I mean, I'm a pit guy, but Hey, talent is talent, man. And this dude, again, uh, watching his tape, I'm like, this guy's a menace like this. He was, he was honestly like, I know he's a wide receiver, but he was definitely giving me like Pat Firemuth vibes a little bit. So the Steelers need a slot receiver now desperately. Yeah. Steven Sims is gone. He's in. Houston. I was ashamed to see that. That that was I know. that hurt me Didn't more than Terrell. Yeah, because the the good special team players, especially now, I think like when we were growing up, like the Hank Poteets, Devin Hester, Dante Hall, like those were like the X factors. Literally, like they were. You know, Hank there Poteet. was. Yeah, good for him being put in that Dante Hall. <laughs> well, I was, yeah, I mean, yeah, shout out but, Hank Poteet. Hank. But yeah. But um, basically, it's like having a good special team. I mean, we watched Ryan Switzer run 10 yards back um, and, and lose 10 yards every time. And then, you know, you, you have people that can't even that are calling fair catches and dropping a ball. So I just feel like it's it's very important to have. a. And it, he was explosive. I think you tweeted it like 20 times, at least every time they played like he has that that shift. That, and so it I was like it him. was I did. And I, I wish him I wish him the best. Um, but hey, you know, you know, and that's what was even crazy. I mean, Zach Gentry, they signed him. I, that was that was shocking to me. I mean, he I don't think that they utilized him in the right way. But like now they have how many tight ends moot uh, Connor Hayward. Um, I mean, it's like it's like tight end university over at uh, at Southside. Yeah. So the reason you brought up special teams and that's a good, I think, segue into Calvin Austin, the third who the Steelers think can take over that Steven Sims role, punt return, kick return. Mm -hmm. I think he can too. I don't have faith in him taking over that slot receiver role. Mm -mm. I think he's a nice gadget, a fun player, but he's tiny. He's 5'7", 5'8", like 165 pounds soaking wet. I look back at the smallest receivers in the NFL. I threw some names out there, some recent draft picks from Jalen Darden at 5'8". Rondell Moore at 5'7", Jakeem Grant 5'7", Amari Rogers 5'9", Wondell Robinson might be the only exception because the jury's still out at 5'7". But these guys have a common theme in that they haven't really been productive receivers at all. So yeah. I don't have a lot of faith in Calvin Austin III outside of being a good return man because the history shows that guys around 5'7 just don't become premier slot receivers. 
Parker Washington, according to Pro Football Focus, played 87.5% of his snaps at Penn State in the slot. He's a little bigger, a little over 5'10". He's got some bulk to him, about 210. And he's productive in a run-first offense. So I think in the fourth round for the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick 80, he would be really, really solid value. The third round, I should say. Yeah, so we'll get you, – you were jumping early because you can't wait to talk about this round four pick at 120. So with the fourth pick at 120, the Pittsburgh Steelers football franchise selects. Ivan Pace Jr., linebacker, Cincinnati. And this is going to be our last pick for today on the show. I didn't want to get into the seventh rounders. Out. Uh, because out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll do that in my final mock draft. But we're, we're picked out. But Ivan Pace Jr., linebacker Cincinnati, he fits actually the prototype that the Steelers went for this offseason and Cole Holcomb and a Landon Roberts. He's big. He's a run stopper first. He's not great in coverage, which I think the Steelers could probably afford to find somebody who is, quite frankly. But Pace is a steal at this point. He played his first few years at Miami of Ohio. He transferred to Cincinnati last season because he wanted to show uh, that he could play with the big boys, and boy, did he ever. He became the first unanimous All-American at the University of Cincinnati. It's 135 years of football, Jordan, 135 years of football, I think. I don't know how it's possible, honestly, but it's what I read. Uh, I don't know that they were playing in 1898, but maybe – I don't uh, want to know what the helmets. I don't want to know. They probably didn't even wear helmets back then. It was like what, yeah. what we used to play rough and tumble. I looked glorified at some of the, rugby. I actually have like a Steelers, uh, like a evolution. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that the I'm looking at it right now. They literally have the Steagles on there, and these helmets literally look like just like pleather. Like it's <laughs> 1943, 1933. Uh, that's when the Steelers became the greatness. Well, whether it's rugby or professional football, I think Pace is going to be a good player. Fills another need. And, yeah, transferring to Cincinnati paid off. He was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year Mm -hmm. last year. So getting him in the fourth round, come on, man. Sign up for that any freaking day of the week. That's what you got. Yeah. So I know, like, you're the analytics guy. I just have, like, a question. Like, what? Like, do you just, like, before you go to bed, do you just, like, study film? Like, how, how do you how do you become so educated on all, you know, I bring the funk and, you know, I, I, I do my homework, but you're just on another level with this mock draft stuff. Yeah, I don't sleep at this time of year, man. Come on now, look at me. I got bags under my eyes. I haven't shaved my beard in weeks. <laughs> Sammy Nanello are talking about that off air. Um, you know what? I, I kind of joked in my write-up earlier in my mock draft that, you know, a lot of us, and I, I'm guilty of this too, you go on Twitter and you see these 45-second clips of a certain player, and mm-hmm. you're like, damn, this guy's a freak. This guy's an mm-hmm. absolute beast. Well, I can make a 45-second clip of Artie Burns, you know, wow. and you'd be like, this guy's the greatest cornerback <laughs> of all time. You know, for so you have to really study the whole thing. And shout out YouTube, man, the, you know, I went to IUP. The founder of YouTube went to IUP. I got to utilize it. You can mm-hmm. watch entire games of certain players on YouTube. Yeah, the condensed, so, the condensed games are where it's at. If I, I go to bed so early because I'm up at the crack of dawn. Like I watch the sometimes like the, you know, the Penguin games, Pirate games. It's great. 
So make sure yeah, you subscribe but, to the Sick Podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Exactly. They'll circle one player, and you could watch him the whole time, this whole game. So I've been jumping on that, and then I'll write down a grade from each game. So if I watch three, you know, I think it was Deontay Banks. I watched two or three, and I gave him – he ended up with like an 8.0 or 8.5 total. Uh, just give him a, a grade out of 10 for each game. Take the average of that, and then there you go. You're off and running. So one of the, one of these next shows, I'll give all of those grades that I've given out so far. Uh, but Banks is higher than Porter, and Banks is higher than Branch at his relative position. And I want to mention, too, I think we have Keith Sanchez coming on later this week. Yeah, that the dude, Draft Network. He's the Draft Network's lead uh, senior analyst and writer. I listen to that dude all the time. So shout out these podcasts, too, that also help provide insight and info. Um, if ultimately he does jump on, we're going to pick his brain about this mock, some of these players, the Steelers. Yeah. That dude is awesome over there at the Pro Football Network uh, podcast, NFL Draft podcast. Definitely. Well, this has been Michael Nicastro's mock draft, mock draft guru, the sick podcast, Steeler Crazy. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Make sure to start doing those mock drafts so we can compare. Mike Mike says that he's going to get 90% this year, correct? So we'll, but we'll see. But I your always money. say it every year, the only mock draft that matters is which one? The last. The last yeah. one. You can't be that guy because things change. Shit changes so much. Things change. Like if, things change. Like if you had the Steelers selecting a guard, Osiris Torrance, in the first round a couple weeks back, they sign Isaac Samalo, obviously that changes. <laughs> yeah. So it, it changes so much. You can never be that person if somebody gets drafted that is like, oh, I had that guy in my mock, my first mock, because you're going to end up with like 15 players overall. So uh, it, the last one matters. Maybe yeah. I'll have some, some holdovers from this draft, but this is 2.0. That's what I said. Just like you said, we'll end on this. Things change. The Steelers miss the playoffs. The next year, Kenny Pickett takes them to a Super Bowl. You have been watching another episode of the sick podcast, Steeler Crazy. I'm JY. This is Michael Nicastro, and we'll see you guys soon. Stay crazy and go Steelers. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Steelers Crazy, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.